everybody, and welcome to Cup of Awesomeism podcast. I am Lynn, aka Awesomeism Mom. I am your host today, and I want everybody to go grab a cup of coffee or hot tea and drink it, sit back and listen while we discuss lots of awesome things, especially autism. And thank you, Zelina Hall, my favorite autism country recording artist for that intro music. So today I am so excited to have one of my favorite people, Michael. Michael and I have been friends for some time now. And honestly, Michael makes me laugh so much. I'm serious. I even wrote a blog about him. It's called His Perspective. If you go to my website and look it up, because Michael always gives me fantastic perspective. When I'm dealing with so much, I go to Michael and he just evens the water. So I'm going to turn it over to Michael and I'm going to let him tell you about himself and how we met and all kinds of fun things. And we'll go from there. So speaking of perspective, I'm changing my angle a little bit so I can (laughs) be more credibly looking at the camera and you at the same time, as well as any notes I may have and all that kind of stuff. Um, Thanks so much for having me on. Now, you know, we go back many years um, and it's been, it's been a very fun ride. It's been obviously a very weird, weird number of years, but um, uh, you know, we met Lynn and I because we had a shared passion for a hotel chain that was so unhinged that the hotel chain actually invited us to be part of their uh, their insiders like message board club, and uh, and then uh, we sort of had a race to the bottom in terms of who could be more honest about the positives and negatives. And you know, it's it's funny. Um, uh, companies tend to like positives more than negatives, but. Um, but I, I enjoyed the company. I'm still I'm still a loyal client of that company. I'm not sure if we're supposed to reveal which which one it is. I'll leave that up to Lynn. But um, but we we just sort of met. Not only did I meet Lynn and, and we became wonderful friends, we met an entire oddball cast of characters, many of whom I still am very happy to call friends, from very different walks of life. And it really gave me a wonderful wonderful perspective on um, not only the kinds of people that you know spend months away from home and. Uh, and have a, a worldview, but also of, of just how many smart, different perspectives there are out there about major business topics and life topics and so on. So it's been a great ride. And at some point, um, Lynn was always very kind to uh, pity laugh at my my attempts at humor on the on the, on the posts. Uh, and, uh, and we just hit it off well, you know? And then it turns out that we also had a shared interest in autism. Um, uh, and unlike uh, me, she's actually been very, you know, you've been very proactive about it. I've, I've been trying to become more so. Um, so I think I assume everyone listening to your podcast sort of knows your story. I come from a family that has uh, several individuals, you know, on various parts of the spectrum, or in many cases, you know, my cousin, actually, this is unfortunate news, my cousin passed away last week of COVID. And he was uh, an autistic adult that was never diagnosed, you know, as a child. And so he went through, you know, nearly 50 years of um, the challenges that come. And uh, it's a tough, it's obviously a tough thing for us. But uh, luckily, toward the end of his life, through the intervention of my mom and other relatives, he sort of got to understand that things hadn't just been wrong with him his whole life, you know. And so there's there's always a positive uh, element to that feeling. And so um, I also have some, some, you know, nieces, nephews, other family members that, um, you know, are are members of the autistic community and, and, and have, um, you know, everyone's got their own, it, it, it's very personal. Like anything else, uh, you know, it's funny because um, 
a few years ago, a family member of mine uh, battled cancer. And all, all sickness in its own way is personal, but also all abilities are personal. And so something, you know, I was watching recently, I don't know if you've ever seen, Lynn, the, the Roger Ebert and the Gene Siskel Review of Rain Man. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever had a chance to watch it? Yes. They, they, they talk about autism as a sickness, right, as a, mm -hmm. as a thing to be cured. And one of the things that I'm so uh, optimistic about, uh, and one of the things we're going to talk about today, is that not only are we reframing what it means to have brains that function differently and operate differently and perspectives that operate differently, but also technologies are emerging, not only to allow us to better understand autism and the, the skills, the challenges that come with it, but also to make some steps towards giving people, uh, not only with, with um, autism, but with any kind of, um, with any kind of, of special view or, or, or feeling or, or operating process, tools to cope and to ultimately lead toward the thing that I think you know, we ultimately want, which is independence, right? We want, we want people to have an independence over their lives and um, an understanding of being able to operate. And obviously, you know, um, I have family members that are further along and, and require special care, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but, but there's just so much happening now that will allow um, autistic adults to lead better lives, to have a better chance in the workplace, and, and to, 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 to tap into the, the, the skills that they do have. And at the same time, to give autistic children a chance for, for lives and careers that weren't possible for people like my cousin, you know? Yes. So, um, and, and I think that uh, things that I'm interested in, augmented reality, uh, virtual reality, this larger world of extended reality are gonna be a key part of contributing to that, I hope. No, I, I agree, and I, I, I'm so sorry about your cousin. It is. It really, that's, th those are the kind of stories that really touch my heart. But I, I agree with you. There are a lot of older autistic adults that were never diagnosed with it, and that's why, you know, the CDC came out with the number 5.6 million. And every time I talk about it, be it on here or to groups or to anything, I always say the same thing. The number's more like seven to seven and a half million because there are so many older autistic adults that were never diagnosed. Yeah. And I have a cousin that I'm convinced is on, is on the spectrum. And, you know, I think it's wonderful, as sad as his passing is, that you guys were able to allow him to understand that it was okay what he was, who he was as a yep. human. And that's part of the reason, and everybody that follows my blog or me knows that that's why I call it awesomeism. It's not that it's so awesome to be autistic. It's it's awesome to be your own person. Exactly. That, well said. You know? Yeah. And that's what I've always said to Peyton is, you know, Peyton, you're that one of 58 and the rest of us are the same and you're awesome because you are different. And I yeah. wanted him to grasp that difference. Yeah. And that's what the awesomeism is about, is it's about be proud of who you are. Be proud of what you're given because, you know, we have the old expression whenever things have happened and we're sorry for them in our past. And we always say, you know, you do the best you can with the tools available to you. Well, that's it with autism. Be the best you can be. And yeah. I feel like Peyton is amazingly awesome. I'm proud of him. He's my hero. He gets up every morning and faces challenges that I don't, that a lot of us don't. 
And God bless him that he does it because he does it with a smile on his face. And yeah. it isn't always awesome. And there's days he has really rough days. But I try so hard to make it the best I can. And as far as that hotel chain goes, I'm not going to say what it is. It's one of the higher end ones. And anybody that knows me either knows what it is or knows the hotel that I always stayed at in Dubai. So yeah. if you know that, because that was my favorite hotel on this planet. So, uh, Well, and I hope someday that we get a chance to, to meet at either that or some other wonderful spot whenever uh, things have cleared up um you know uh you know speaking of Peyton as you know I had um I had in my front window uh, as my primary uh, Christmas decoration this year um several pieces that Peyton des uh, designed uh with the what was it chalk uh, couture is that what it's called yeah uh, yeah and uh got a lot of compliments for it and I'm such a lazy decorator oh my goodness <laughs> You know, I, uh, it, it, for me, it's one thing to have a candle, but to light a candle, I'm like, okay, is this now a production company? Why don't we just got fireworks, right? So for me to put up any decorations of any kind gets, gets noticed, but they, I got a lot of compliments about it. Uh, it looked professional to me. I mean, uh, really impressive. The attention to detail, um, the patience, you know, I don't have that. We've talked about that. I, you know, uh, you know, I just don't have that. Mind you, I, I have a work ethic, you know, uh, for my, my main work as well as the side company that I, that I own. Um, but, but, you know, you know your skills, right? And um, mm -hmm. that to me, for, for anybody, for anyone who's facing uh, any set of challenges, whether it be challenges that have to do with how you perceive the world or challenges of access to resources, you know, the, the gift of technology is that if we if we apply it correctly and we give people the opportunity that they have the opportunity to find out how to be the best that they can be, you know, and to feel rewarded. And there's some cool stuff that's happening in that. And I'm hoping to get more involved in that over time, um, you know, in the, in the, the XR, the VR and the AR environment. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's, that's a long winded recap of how we met. And uh, uh, I'm still in touch with several people from that, that group. I actually saw one of them today uh, in oh, New really? York city. Yeah. Nice. I saw Joe. So, uh, oh, so, tell him yeah. I said hi. I will. It was wonderful to see him. We had a good lunch uh, and just sort of reminisced about how nice it is to see people. And, um, you know, we, we spoke fondly of uh, several folks from that board who have their quirks, you know, and um, people I'd love to see again soon, you know, uh, shared friends who live very different lives than we do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one in particular. Oh, yes, um, yeah. <laughs> I, would I would love to have us all meet up in Dubai at that hotel and just have the time of our life because that right. hotel, the service at that hotel is just, it's just second to none. And I, I, I've stayed at the top, top, top ones in Dubai. And I got to tell you, I think this one's the best. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great, great reviews. And, you know, it's amazing. Um when you find a place where people care and people tap in, in any in any industry where passion comes through, it really changes the experience, you know. Um, and I, I think that's that's one of the things that I, I come back to in um, in terms of watching um, my mother and my uh, my father and my sister help my my niece, my, my niece who's on the spectrum, is the 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 challenges are great, but the rewards are incredible. And there is a, a fundamental uh, joy um, that comes. It just you know, when you when you watch any child grow up, you want to see them happy. You want to see them learning and discover and curious and forming the ability to think metaphorically and to uh, become curious and to interrogate their surroundings. And um, I sort of look forward to the day whenever it's not a 
it's not a different experience to see, uh, you know, a child with autism experience that. It's just, it's just its own path, right? Um, yes. So. You know, you were saying um, Peyton's stuff that he has in his Team Awesomeism Etsy shop. Yeah. What I, one of the things I'm the most impressed with is he has the patience to do it. He's very calm with it. It's very calming for him, but also he makes some changes with it. Like he did one today and he took the stencil pieces that they, you know, I provided. He picked all the colors and then he said to me, I think it's really missing something. And he went outside of what he had seen anywhere and changed it. And so it's allowing him to use his creativity in a way as well that I just think is fantastic. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's doing so well with it. I mean, I think some of his pieces, he's got some coming out. He's kind of, he hasn't been posting as many on his site lately because we're going to, we um, got a table at a local event here coming up, mm -hmm. as well as we were approached by a brick and mortar store to sell some of his products in it. Wonderful. Yes. So he's kind of hoarding some of his better products right now because he wants so badly to keep them for those events. And I keep trying to explain to him that we've got time to make more, but you know, I don't want to stress him because he loves it so much. Yeah. So I'm just kind of letting him. And here's a really, really cute story. You know the story about Lloyd, Big Lloyd, the uh, one yeah. that we got the home for. So I put out, Peyton made this adorable one yesterday of an RV. It's a little camper and it says, this is how we roll. And Peyton had to overlay. I, I'm telling you, I would have never gotten this done because he had to overlay seven different things to make it work. Yeah. He, I mean, I, it would have been out the window, okay, and in the garbage can. It, it, that would have been it. And he just made it his own. He changed some things. He made it so beautifully. So I, I was proud of him. So I, he wanted to sell it in the, um, the upcoming event. And I said, well, I'm going to put it out there because I'm so proud of you with this. And it was barely out there. And somebody came to me and said, I want to anonymously buy that. I hadn't even put a price on it yet. I want to anonymously buy that and send that to Lloyd as a housewarming gift. And that just touched my heart because it showed me once again that Peyton doing his Etsy shop and making something brought emotion in someone else, you know, to yeah. share with another autistic adult. And it's just little things like that that, just touch me so much about, and this is what keeps me doing what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I get up, sometimes I get very down and, and feel like, am I doing enough? Am I doing it wrong? People make snide comments to me like, well, somebody's already doing that. There's no reason for you or this or that, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why don't you go get a real job? You know, th this sort of thing. And then I go and get a parent to come to me and say, I just want you to know something. And this has happened to me multiple times. I have been watching you. I've been reading your blogs. I've listened to your podcast. And I got to tell you, you give me confidence for the future. And thank you for sharing. And thank you for giving me the positive side of things. Because it's so easy to fall into the negative side. And that's what I've said to you. When I get really down and depressed, I call you. And I talk to you and you give me that perspective. And I try very hard because I know what it means to me to have you. 
I try to be that for the parents that are feeling sometimes like they're out in the middle of the pool and there's no life jacket and they can't swim. I yeah. want to be that, you know, life raft and say, hey, I'm here. I'm trying to share with you the positives because it's very easy to be negative about everything, especially with what's going on in the world. Oh, sure. But that doesn't do anything to anybody. No, especially, you know, you know, talk about feeling like you're on your own. Um, uh, nothing has become more clear than which schools, I think, have really un an understanding of autis autistic needs. Yep. Then, then this uh, back and forth, start and stop, will they, won't they, everyone's in school, everyone's out of school thing, you know, and, and of course, you know, I, I agree with uh, being careful, but at the same time, um, it's exposing a lot of holes in the system, and it's exposing just how, in many cases, on your own, you can feel when you have any special schooling situation, and I'm really hopeful that technology will allow for changes in that, um, especially because there's an entire generation of autistic children in their formative years who aren't going to be pushed into situations where they learn to read so nonverbal social cues uh, from their peers, right? And, and th that kind of stuff, too. And so there's going to be some makeup that has to happen there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I love about, about the potential, especially of, of augmented reality, um, is that it may help that. I don't know how familiar you are with, with augmented reality or the, or the extended reality space, or if I should give a quick recap of what it is. But um, Do it just for the listeners, for those sure. who aren't. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of different terms out there, extended reality or XR, virtual reality, VR, augmented reality. Uh, virtual reality is the term most people have heard of the most. Um, they think of the headsets you put on. Virtual reality, essentially think of complete immersion. You put on a big headset and you everything you see completely is another world. So you're totally lost in a, in a full um, digital alternate experience. Um, and eventually I imagine that would include things like sight and smell and so on. So the holodeck in Star Trek would be truly virtual reality. Uh, but VR always sort of had a bit of a gimmick feel and sort of a hokiness to it. Obviously, you know, putting on that headset and then trying to do anything. You know, if you try to go too far, you'll stumble over something. <laughs> And augmented reality really caught up and surpassed it. And augmented reality is where you're seeing reality, but there's computer graphics over it or there's, there's experiences over it. So if you've ever used a Facebook filter where you make your face look like a dog, or if you've yes. ever used, um, you know, uh, something that looks like, looks like some of my age, like it's out of a science fiction book, where you see words over, over the world, you know, that's, that's all augmented reality. And so these eyeglasses that have been sort of start and stopped introduced that, that allow you to see real stuff, but also view, you know, words or view perceptions on it, um, or uh, what, what we call activations. Um, whenever, whenever a retail outlet, for example, has an augmented or a virtual reality experience, it's often called an activation. Um, that's augmented reality. And extended reality just is it's sort of becoming the umbrella term for a lot of this. And there's, there's, there's a lot of different nuances to it, but uh, it's been applied for a lot longer than people realize to the autistic community. I mean, 15 years ago, um, I don't remember where it was, and I, I should know this. Um, there were tests being done using virtual reality and autistic and uh, augmented reality, early augmented reality, to help uh, autistic children learn um, how to cross the street alone. You know, uh, crossing a street um, is obviously a time that requires not only a, tr a tremendous amount of focus, but also understanding the cues from the, the crossing 
and also understanding that uh, a car that's far away maybe you know speeding and so on there's a lot of different moving parts that that would challenge anybody let alone someone who might be focusing on on the wrong thing right and they use this app um i think it was about 15 years ago in studies to test to test this um and so many other interesting tests have happened over the years um there was one um trying to think of the name of it i think it was it was something like movie latrando i think out of brazil where what they actually did was they allowed school children, um, autistic school children, to see themselves, right? So there'd be a video feed where you saw yourself in front of a background, mm -hmm. and they'd actually show you letter or number combinations. And the idea was that you try to reach and touch the right one. So all you, instead of having to be precision, you could sort of say, if you saw that the, the word was, you know, um, I don't know, uh, jump, you know, and, and it was spelled right up here and wrong over here, you sort of learned to touch it, but at the same time, you were also learning um, your your fine motor skills, right? You were you're building that oh, skill, yeah. Uh -huh. And you were also learning, you know, navigating a mirror image and so on. So, so the multiple layers to the learning of it. Um, and in that case, again, you saw yourself, and so you also were able to see your own reaction. But you also saw these letters on the screen. That's a great example of augmented reality, right? Just something over it. Um, and this has also been used um, to try to help with attention focus right so they could take a, a, a an actual toy and they could even uh, you, you know you, you can actually have um uh augmented reality glasses on and on the toy itself you'll see digital impulses maybe you'll see faces on characters and so on so it gives you an extra level of focus to the toy um and this this really started to take off and extraordinary things have been done in this area that i think you'd find really interesting um one of the ones that i find the most interesting is is this idea of allowing um, children with autism and even adults that maybe didn't have this training to practice in-person social interactions using augmented reality right. to learn how to read and interpret verbal and nonverbal social cues. Um, I love this. Yeah, you know, so it's really cool. Um, that was actually, um, I know there was one called the Brain Power. And it's called the Brain Power Autism System, um, which was based on stuff, on neuroscience stuff from Harvard, MIT. I believe that was the basis of actually a very successful Indiegogo campaign. I think they raised several hundred thousand dollars. Um, but there's been other, stu other stuff as well, too. Um, there's one, um, Autism XR, um, that actually is trying to build not only the ability to, to introduce that kind of element, but to uh, determine things like where are the eyes focusing? Um, reading your own expressions, determining how well you're doing with personal space. There's so much you can do there. Um, and then there's one I heard about the other day that actually um, the idea behind it is to allow um, when, when kids feel like they need their safe space, allow them to sort of dim everything and, and hide a little bit, you know. Um, th there's so much being done right now that I find so interesting uh, all over the world. Um, it's really kind of a cool time to see, but but one came up the other day, and again, I'm, I don't feel free to interrupt any time. I'll rattle on, as you know. No, I I, I know, rather. but I, I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving this. One um, that came up the other day that I thought was really interesting was the question of, can you use these augmented reality uh, glasses to give the caregiver a sense of the experiences? So imagine uh, if you had a, a you yes. know if you had a very um, but let's say a. a, a, a not maybe not as high functioning an autistic uh, right. child and you're both wearing these glasses 
and you can get a sense of where are they focusing? What are they look, you know, looking at? How are they interpreting an environment? You might be able to understand how to better structure the environment you're in. You know, the, all this kind of research is out there being done. Um, and you know, I, th there, was a, there was a thing a couple of years ago at the Victoria and Albert Museum, and you'll see this other, other places too. Um, these very well-meaning uh, sort of first steps to say, here's what it feels like to be autistic. They'll show you, you know, bright lights, for example, or they'll, they'll, they'll sh there's a really good one online that says, you know, modulate the noise here for, for what you're used to. And then here's, what, here's how loud it'll be if a bus goes by. But of course, it's one thing to sort of get that visually or ear. It's another thing to sort of be in the, the world the whole time. Right. And, um, you know, augmented reality and other things that sort of help adjust your environment has the potential to actually fight some of those problems. So if you had, um, you know, artificial intelligence capable of, of um, telling whenever it appears that the, 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 the person is responding to brighter lights and able to dim the lights and keep it at a, at a more norm, normal sort of even focus, you might allow someone who's an autistic adult to work in an environment like a warehouse where you might be exposed to big changes in light and darkness and noise and so on with less, with less struggles of that nature or with less, uh, if they have earpieces that help uh, create decibel caps, they might, they might uh, have it lowered whenever they're experiencing it louder, right? So again, this is, some of this is our ideas that being, we're not there yet in some cases. Some of them might not be scientifically valid. You know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on the subject the way I wish I were. I'm more of a, a passionate, you know, person and a member of the, the virtual reality, augmented reality community who finds this topic interesting and has, has done my own connections and research on it. But just seeing what's out there, um, it does really encourage me. You know, there's, there's, there's something called A Project Lab. It's run by Julia Lim. Uh, Julia, um, I think it's Julia Su, I think Julia Su Young Lim is her name. Um, and they have a, a mission. Um, and I, actually, let, me, let me open it because I, I don't want to get it wrong uh, since I named the person. Uh, yeah, they have a vision, here we go. A world where children with autism can learn whenever, sorry, wherever and whenever they want. And so they actually have tools that um, are about, you know, social interaction using Microsoft HoloLens, um, helping younger children recognize shapes while staying engaged. So there's a lot of people out there working in the augmented and virtual reality right now on this problem, uh, you know, on this problem, on this, um, well, there's a series of problems to solve, right? It's, it's how right. do we... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how do we help? Uh, and again, I'm I'm particularly optimistic for you know thinking about my cousin again. Um, we're at a strange time because with medical care improving so much, with understanding improving so much, you know there could be someone out there who's 50 years old right now who finds out this late in life that they yes. are on the spectrum, and because of medical care, they might have you know, 50 or more years left of a lifetime, right? So we're going to have um, previously undiagnosed, previously untreated autistic adults living longer than ever and facing the financial burden of that. Absolutely. You know, you, you know that's my big drum yeah. I beat every day is this, how can we help prepare autism families and autistic adults for the future, okay? Yeah. Because there is so much technology, like you're talking about, which, you know, I, you know me, I'm, this is my passion. I mean, even when I was on that insider board for the hotel, 
every other post I put was something to do with autism. I mean, I talked about the one particular part of this chain member because they were all designed the same colors, the same type. And I said, we particularly liked that part of the hotel chain because there was commonality for Peyton. Remember yeah. you and I had this conversation. Sure. He felt more, he didn't feel as stressed when we would go there because he felt like, okay, I've already seen all this. I've already been in this kind of a hallway. He didn't feel, you know, as stressed. And I, okay, I'll go back to Lloyd because Lloyd is my, my favorite to person to talk about because he is what really inspired me to get even more involved in helping adults for the future because of his situation. And now that his mother has passed, okay? Um, the more technology that we get to help them, be it like you said, in a job, even in their home or whatever, because we are never going to have enough assisted living yep. for all of them. And even if we do, how many parents can put between one and $3 million away just for that autistic child? Yeah. Okay? For their care. So if they can live in a home, be it with a sibling who is married and goes to work, but then they can stay in the home or live in an apartment with three other autistic adults or in a home. And we have all this technology that allows them to be able to do this. These are so many things that will help parents be less stressed and autistic adults. I mean, I'm gonna give two quick stories. When Peyton was gonna be 18, I said to him, aren't you excited you're going to be 18? Me and his stepdad, Mark, who he, you know, considers his dad. Sure. Um, aren't you excited? And he just, he acted really weird about it. And so I, I said to his, my other three kids, I said, yes, Peyton, why he's kind of acting strange about turning 18. I didn't get it. So finally he sat down with me and Mark and he started to cry. And he said, I don't want to be 18. I can't live on my own. And we said, Peyton, you don't have to live on your own. But my siblings did. See, right. he saw them going off to college. He saw them going and having a life. He saw them getting careers. He saw them having girlfriends and boyfriends and, you know, moving on with their lives and going. I mean, my daughter was, you know, 19 years old, traveling through Jordan, Egypt and Israel, backpacking and sleeping right. in a cave in Petra. And Peyton suddenly it hit him. Oh, no, I'm becoming an adult and I'm going to have to go live on my own. And I don't even know how to drive a car and mm -hmm. I can never take care of myself. And then, you know, we had the long talk with him. And while he was thrilled that he didn't have to go live by himself, he was also somewhat more upset because he was never going to have the life that his siblings had. Yeah. So, you know, it was this really damned if I do and damned if I don't type conversation. And so I just feel so strongly that the more technology, the more that we discuss these kind of things, that's part of the reason why I was super excited to have you on here, because I know that's what you work in. And I thought we could, you know, every ounce of hope that an autism family has is that much less stress that they get up with in the morning. Oh, yeah. And you know, they say that we have the same stress level and the same characteristics as PTSD because we worry so much and stress so much. So every ounce of stress, that's my whole goal with my podcast and my blog. Take some of that stress and base it with reality, not fantasy, la la. Oh, don't worry about it. It's all right. going to work. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, and, and there is a lot of stress. And, you know, to your point about having 
a so-called normal life, one of the only, I think, blessings of this pandemic, and there's very few blessings to this pandemic, but I think it's going to normalize the idea that you can be a work-from-home employee and still operate. And um, there are some autistic adults that, you know, going to an office every day, commuting and so on and so forth, the amount of emotional toll that takes can actually affect job performance. Whereas if you're able to be in a room you recognize every day, you might be able to direct more of that into your career. Um, there's just going to be opportunities and possibilities there. Now, I do worry that there will be, in some cases, lost opportunities for, you know, social challenges and interaction. Yes. That's going to be a thing that families will have to, and caregivers left to work for, as well as, as you know, autistic adults that, you know, are, are interested in facing that. You know, I think that'll be important and always there. But it, it, it comes down to, again, giving options and yes. giving giving possibilities, you know, every time I read, I think within the last year or two, the Department of Labor said that most autistic adults, you know, coming out of out of school basically just can't find a job. No, and, they have a very um, high unemployment rate. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where um, as a society, whether it's, whether it's has to do with, with where you come from or race or background or anything, um, when you have uh, when you have the absence of hope as an institutional element that defines you, how you see yourself, um, it's a poison, right? And it's a poison yes. that everyone is responsible for battling. And I, I think technology will help us get there, especially with, with augmented and, and with uh, extended reality. Now, of course, I'm sure there'll be all sorts of horrible things that will come with it because yeah. you know, uh, technology, technology always has a devil in the caboose. But... Um, you know, we'll have a new set of problems to deal with when it happens. Oh, well, I'll give you a great example, which is, um, you know, the ability uh, to, um, especially if you're lonely, to talk. You know, my um, my my niece is sitting at home or bored and lonely, and there's so many games out there that allow you to talk to the people. And for all you know, it could be an adult. I mean, you know, all, all yes. the kind of things that a parent worries about. And um, uh, in this world of Zoom and augmented reality, you're going to have more access to to video content, there's gonna be a need to understand what's safe and so on. So all, all, all those new nightmares that come that almost make me really miss the 1970s. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but you know, I you touched on something too, when you said, you know, they get very stressed and alone and stuff. And I think the other side of that too, which is something that I'm really trying to really guide my podcast towards is if parents are less stressed, if parents have more openness towards things and feel like there is light at the end of the tunnel, then the children, and they can be adults. I mean, Peyton's 21, okay? He's, he's not a child anymore. Right. He's an adult. He's less stressed. When I'm not as stressed, he's less stressed. And, you know, you were saying working from home. That's one positive that came for Peyton because Peyton has wanted to work at home. He has not wanted to go out and get a job. You know, he builds websites. He does his chocature. He does quite a, you know, he does graphic design. He does other things. You know, he's written blogs. He owns Team Awesomeism, his little company. And, you know, I've had people close to me within family and friends, you know, well, he needs to get out there. He needs to get a job. He needs to this. He needs to that. And 
you know, I'm not going to spend all my hours arguing with them about, well, I'm glad you know better what's what's better for Peyton than what Peyton knows right, or yeah. what I do, who's with him 24-7. And I've had that serious conversation with Peyton. Do, would you like to go out? No. He feels much more secure, and his stress level goes from here to here when he walks into his office that he has in the house, his craft room, and his man cave. Well, he keeps very busy. He takes online college classes. He goes to all these different events at church. He does Zoom calls with other special needs adults. You know, he's got a full life. So, you know, I think one thing that came out of this pandemic was he sat back and said, I can do this. It is okay for me to be home, even if other people are chirping that. But I want to give a real quick virtual reality story that was really amazing. I was not really all that in tune with virtual reality. Peyton knew more about it. Well, we have a um, Indian motorcycle place right near us. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's kind of off the beaten path. And I saw an ad that said that they were going to be doing a virtual reality day at the place. Mm-hmm. And they were going to have corn chips and chili, which is one of Peyton's favorite meals. Okay. Like you'd think he was born and raised a Texan. He loves this <laughs> stuff. And so he, I said, Hey, Peyton, does this sound good? He says, well, the corn chips and chili sounds great. I said, Peyton, um, you know, I kind of want you to try the virtual. Re- now I don't think I'm interested. He says, I said, well, okay, we'll go for the corn chips and chili. Cause I thought maybe I can ease them into it. Sure. Now this is a child who did not want to ride a bike. He was scared to death of bikes. And he was petrified of motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Like if a motorcycle would go down the street, now that I'm talking up until a couple of years ago, okay? He would just stop. If we were out take, taking the dogs for a walk and a motorcycle come by, he would just stop dead. Mm-hmm. And he was scared to death of them. So we go in there and the guys at this place could not have been nicer. I mean, if anybody listening to this podcast is goes to the woodlands, um, Indian, um, motorcycle place they're the best if you're looking to buy something just go visit them they're the best they were i told them look he's autistic i'd like him to try the virtual reality you're doing they sat down with them they talked to him for a little while they showed him the motorcycles he got a little less stressed he put on the virtual reality he loved it loved it and when we were leaving, we're in the car and he says, can we please stop at the bike shop? I want to look at bikes. Now, I had tried everything to get him not to be scared of these things. We mm-hmm. went there. The virtual reality completely changed him because all of a sudden, this kind of fear of the unknown that he couldn't quite put into his head, okay, became a known and he completely changed And ever since then, I've been a lot more fascinated with this virtual reality because it took something that for 18 years of Peyton's life, he had an unbelievable fear of. I mean, my third child rides a bike all the time. He's obsessed with his bike, okay? Like he spent a lot of money on a bike. Mm -hmm. And Peyton used to say to me, I'm so worried that Preston's going to fall. Preston's going to fall on the bike. He shouldn't ride a bike. He shouldn't have a bike. After that, he's like, I'm jealous Preston has a bike. So just this... 25, 30 minutes at this motorcycle place doing virtual reality took Peyton from this 
to this. Yeah. I mean, how amazing is that? It, it, it is amazing, and I think, I think the, that's one of the things that I think is so great about about any kind of extended reality is it offers all kinds of opportunities for context and for connection that you you, know, you never know when one's going to grab you. When I first tried virtual reality, you know, I have so I was born with very poor hearing. And my my at least one of my semi-circular canals only knows who knows what's wrong with it. But I mean, my whole life, um, if I go on a roller coaster, if I spin around, just write me off for the rest of the day. I I went on the roller coaster at um at a at a theme park here in New Jersey, and as I was getting off, I said to my friend, um, "Do me a favor, like um, it, it guide me over to a park bench." Sit me down and then sneak up behind me with a hammer and just hit me here till I stop moving, because that sounds more pleasant than me ever going back on that roller coaster again. Right? <laughs> um, not my idea of a good time, but but once I got used to it, especially with augmented reality, it opens the door to all types of experiences. Not only that allow you know me to participate in things maybe I can't. I used to be a big outdoorsman. I'm not in the shape to do it anymore. But sometimes um, the experience itself is enough. And it gives you context and understanding of other people and cultures. But also what I'm really looking forward to is when we'll have access to surprisingly mundane to, to many people experiences, as well as to experiences that, you know, for all the, the people, you know, I have obviously have friends that are autistic and sometimes they'll, they'll say, you know, I'm ashamed because I feel this way. And I'm like, listen, you, you're not the only one. Like uh, I have a friend who's like, you know, I don't want to ever win an award because I don't want to speak in public. And I said, if you think that's just you, Public speaking, I think, is the number one fear out there. And so if you, had a, if you had a program that was simply taken from someone who's sitting in an award ceremony for three and a half hours that you could watch and participate in and get a sense of how does it move, how do people behave, and so on, you might open up the capability for people that might be in that situation to study it. Uh, uh, a friend of mine was worried because he was going to bring his uh, son to a wedding for the first time. And a wedding's a, a very difficult social situation. There's sudden, like, uh, very um, casual moments, and then there's very strict social norms. It's like you don't, you're all having a drinks, and all of a sudden music plays, and then the, the bride <laughs> walks in, and you know, God forbid, you're in the wrong place, right? And we're all used to it, but that can be really traumatizing if yes. you're if you're worried about that, and to, and to be able to practice it in advance. Um, you know, allows not only that, but also allows uh, autistic adults to contemplate going to um, industry conferences, uh, participate in networking uh, uh, capabilities, and do things that, you know, that would just, um, might not be available to them, you know, in advance. Um, And so, again, I've said it a thousand times, I'm optimistic, but I'm really interested to see where it goes because, in part because of the benefits that can be gained, I think this is also a rare case where maybe for the first time, um, you know, if you think, if I told you about some of these, these cases where, where virtual and augmented reality has been used for 15 years, right, on autistic uh, adults and children, I think that this is a case where, where people with autism have the opportunity to be early adopters and at the front of a piece of technology or type of technology um, and to have some say in how it develops you know, in the decades to come. And that doesn't usually happen that way historically. I agree. I see, I love this so much. This, you know, when I called you, cause you know this, uh, my viewing audience or my listenership doesn't know this, but 
I was really struggling with where I wanted to go with this because I wanted to, my big thing after what I've gone through with Lloyd for the last three years, I realized there are so many families out there that are spending every day just trying to survive, that they can't plan for the future. And when Lloyd's mom died suddenly, it really hit me. I mean, not only was she an amazing human being, but he was alone. And I said to you, and you know this, because I called you and we talked yeah. for quite a while. And I said, Michael, I want to make that difference. And I don't know how. Yeah. And you kind of got me on this path. And then I called you back and said, I know what I want to do. And I was excited because you kind of steered me there. Let's open the doors. Let's open the discussions. Let's bring all these topics out, be it financial, be it food, be it, you know, um, how we can help change things like you said with schooling, mm -hmm. with everything, with this technology especially. You know, I was in a clubhouse room the other day and there was one of the experts on auto, you know, self-driving automobiles. And he and I talked offline afterwards. This made me want to do backflips around my backyard because I suddenly went, you know, I'm 60 years old. Peyton is 21. I say that over and over. If I die at 85, if I, you know, God willing, I'm, I'm able to live to 85. Peyton's still only going to be 46 years old. Okay. If he wants to go and have a job somewhere or needs to go drive back and forth, these kind of things coming in the future really do make me feel a lot less stressed oh, about yeah. it. You know, I mean, I've said this a thousand times and I'm not saying it to, oh, look at me, how great I am. I say it because this was part of my inspiration for doing this is when Lloyd's mom called me and said, me getting them that home and knowing that Lloyd was going to be safe. And then his mom's friend, who I didn't even realize was her friend, she followed me for a year on Instagram and we had just had chatted back and forth, came to me and said, you know, it's we miss Deborah terribly, but with Lloyd having a guardian angel like you, he'll be okay. I wanted, that spurred me so much inside to make that difference. And even though I'm not a tech person, I mean, I always tell my husband, my husband's, you know, AWS certified. I, I took me like a week to even figure out what he was talking about. Okay. Um, I always say, you know, you could take what I know about technology, put it in a thimble and have plenty of room left over. But if I can bring on people like you and my other guests that I've been bringing on to talk about how we can make the future better and easier and quite honestly, amazing and awesome for them. That's what this is about. And that's why when I said to you, will you come on my podcast? And you said, yes, I was so excited. And then when you sent me some of the topics you wanted to talk about, I have literally, seriously, been so excited all day about this because I thought this, is, this needs to get out there. I guarantee you there are going to be parents that hear this that said, that say, I had no idea. Oh my goodness, this makes me feel better. Yeah, no, I mean, I you know, self-driving cars is a great example of um, of a type of technology that will will open doors for independence. I mean, um, the ability to 
to take yourself to the doctor, to the pharmacy, the ability to participate in uh, these social moments. That's another reason why things like Uber um, were exciting to me, whatever I may sometimes rant about certain companies, um, the, the access and the opening of opportunities. Um, I'll tell you a big one you mentioned earlier, finances, personal finances. Um, you know, obviously I work in the financial services industry and I'm very passionate about it. I also work in XR and AR and um, I'm very passionate about where those things combine. And as the financial services industry has been moving more and more, especially on the wealth management side, to financial wellness as a concept, yes. seeing finance as part of wellness, one of the things that keeps coming up is, is that we're facing the greatest, uh, the greatest transfer of wealth in history as, as people die and leave money to much younger people. And so you're going to have this tremendous series of transactions and changes and so on going on and all these tools developing and there are tools out there that are meant to help you understand better why uh for example uh an etf or a target date fund might be more appropriate for you if you're not going to retire for 30 years than a stock and so on or maybe why you should stay out of dogecoin or or you know not in probably money in gamestop and all the other things that happen and help you distinguish uh you know if you if you have a a strong fear of, of being left out um, by financial services opportunities. There are companies that will lead the way, and there's some there's certain major companies I can't go into which ones because they're clients, you know, mm-hmm. or because I don't want to name one over the other. But there's financial services companies that are giving this a lot of thought, both both established players and startups. Um, uh, and obviously, you've got the social media companies. Um, trying to enter the fray, and I have my opinions on on those companies as well. Um, so everyone's trying to figure out and crack sort of how do we, how do we allow you to understand your own behavior? How do we allow you to, you know, every time I look down at my phone and it tells me how much screen time I've spent, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I know it. I'm like, oh I know God, it. I know you know, uh, I, it's so depressing. And I'm like, well, I was, I was doing anything else. Uh, but, but it does, it does actually remind you of that. And, um, uh, I think that we're only beginning to to scratch the surface. I'll give you a great example, just based on your experiences. Um, imagine if you are a, a high-functioning autistic adult who's worked very hard to establish a nice career, and you are asked to go, if this ever happens again, over to meet clients in a in a culture that's very different from your own. Um, you know, it can be it can be an intimidating thing for anybody to have to learn the subtle social cues uh, of right. another culture. Um, it's a real problem for anybody, right? And and for you to have to take on the, the extra emotional baggage of the changes, the trips and so on, um, having guide tools there. Um, you know, it's funny because Hotel Chain X that, that we both uh, know so much about um, has one of their chains that I swear to God, I have woken up in beds in that chain and not known what city I was in. <laughs> because the rooms are identical in the layout yes. and the art. Yes, I and, know. And I've been like, you know, you were like, you're like, where the hell am I? You know, yes. um, especially if you've traveled a lot. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, and this is what I cite as talk about first world absurdity. Um, I had a week where I was in um, New York City on a Friday night for, I think, for a Yankees playoff game. And then Saturday, I flew to Utah. And like my Saturday afternoon, I was in Bryce, you know, Canyon. 
And I was sitting there and I was like, this is ridiculous. This kind of change. I, I was literally at the Yankees playoff game last night. Now I'm in Bryce Canyon. Modern life's amazing. Um, and I've had other situations like that. And for me, that kind of change is very exciting. Um, for my cousin, that kind of change would have been miserable. Yes. Um, terrifying. And, um, and it's a shame. And as, as, we, as we find ways to open these experiences up for people, it'll also allow them to share their stories more, which is the other exciting thing, right? To, mm-hmm. to be able to sort of find ways to say, oh, I'd like to share this on social media and maybe to have some way to evaluate it and say, oh, you know what? Maybe you don't want to share that on social media because you won't like have people respond and so on. Yes. And, and you know, and not, not, not so much mind control or the, the machine controlling you, but giving you tips and social cues and saying, hey, you know, I know that you think that going on and doing a 10 minute rant about how no one, um, no one likes your stuff is, is a vent for you, but you should know, here's how some people might interpret that and consider yes. it and learn from it, you know, before you get into the, the, into the situation. No, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's funny you bring that up because I ran a clubhouse. I was a moderator of a clubhouse room this morning with a couple other people. And the topic was do Americans doing business in Dubai and the GCC, especially primarily small businesses going over there. And I have, um, someone that we're going to be bringing an announcement forward pretty soon that we're working with. I'll tell you off this podcast who it is and what we're doing. Yeah. And um, he, um, he happened to be in the room. And one of the things that we all talked about, because there were people from KSA, Saudi Arabia, you know, uh, Kuwait, Bahrain, uh, UAE, even Yemen in there. And we were talking about it. And that's one of the things we talked about was, Sometimes because we use more slang in America and sometimes the way that we behave, we're offensive to them and we don't realize we're being offensive, you know, and these are things that I would tell clients when I used to go over there with clients, do not do this, do not do that. Like, don't show them the soles of your feet, of your shoes. Okay. And, you know, I have, you know, grown ass adults who, you know, have, our, our lawyers and, and doctors and stuff look at me like, oh, come on, okay? For Peyton, if I said to Peyton, don't do that, he would be so stressed the entire time he wouldn't even want to go. Yeah. Because he'd be so afraid that he'd do something wrong that if he did go, he would sit the whole time like this. You know, and who? that's not good. And I think what you're talking about, if there's a way to kind of almost practice some of this, you know, he could do, I said to him the other day, do you want to get in this clubhouse room with mm-hmm. me? Cause I was, we were the one that you came in chilling and grilling. Right. Oh yeah. And you know, with Chris and no, he says no. So we're doing another one this Friday. And then we have another one the next Friday. And the one on the, I think it's the fifth is of March we're doing, it's called chilling, grilling and awesomeism. Okay. And we're going to talk about how, one of the reasons why we got a Traeger grill was so that Peyton could grill because it's not the flame. Okay. Cause it's right. the pellets. Okay. Right. And he wanted to do stuff with his brothers when they came over and, you know, smoke because my husband's always smoking briskets, you know, things like that. Okay. Oh, and, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And so we were, we're going to talk about those things and, you know, these kind of, he said, no, 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 because he's nervous about it. I said, Peyton, 
it's fine. If you say something wrong, people say things wrong all the time. So I've got two weeks to prepare him for this. And, you know, that's a situation that really doesn't, I mean, if somebody's mean to them, they will be out of the room. I'll just, you know, bump them out of the room. But you're right. I mean, there's a particular young man. He's not even that young. He's older than Peyton, who's autistic, who probably weekly goes on a tirade on Twitter because people unfollow him and he takes it so personal and he's autistic. And I've tried to talk to him offline and say, people get angrier at you when you do that. Please, I know it hurts your feelings. Call me, text me, you know, rant to me. And I think what you're talking about is so much bigger and so much more important that maybe somebody who's listening to this that isn't involved in the autism world realizes. Mm-hmm. No, and, and 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 obviously this isn't limited to autism. There's so many things. You know, technology, as I said before, technology brings great stuff and terrible stuff. You know, the internet has brought us wonderful things and also some really, really horrible things. Um, I think it's exposed elements of, of lazy, on-the-fly human cruelty that would have been yes. best left uh, alone. Um, and... Um, and uh, that's going to happen, but but one of the real benefits of, um, of augmented reality is that I really think it's going to allow um, people to standardize experiences, to share experiences in ways that that are surprisingly safe, and also that that will do things we haven't even thought about yet. You know, I I, I watched you know the other day. I, I was absolutely blown away watching that spacecraft land on Mars. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in my lifetime, I actually, you know, it's one thing, I told a friend of mine, isn't this great? They're like, oh, I saw that in a movie. I'm like, yeah, in a movie, it didn't actually happen. <laughs> like, this is actually happening, right? And they're like, oh, you know, I, I've seen space battles. I'm like, you stink. Um, <laughs> but, but the idea that we're pushing these actual boundaries is exciting to me because we're going to have ways to share experiences and to learn from them and to learn very difficult lessons. You know, one of the things that my company does, my side company, Seabolt, um, is we, we helped uh, with working with a great partner of ours to build um, virtual and augmented reality safety training, right? Uh, oh, for, nice. for, for a certain industry that's going through a lot of changes now. Um, that technology can be used for education as well. Um, there's no reason anymore for someone to have to learn for the first time um, what's dangerous about being on an oil rig on an oil rig itself, right? There's no, re- there's no reason for someone who's never uh, climbed up and done maintenance on a wind-powered, you know, on a, a windmill, right? To have to do that for the first time in that situation. And so this whole idea of giving people an understanding of the experience before they do it has tremendous has tremendous uh, applications for the safety industry as well in general. Um, it, it for 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 doctors performing complex surgeries, people that want to practice. Um, you know, there's so much it's going to affect. And you know, I read today someone was saying that in five years uh, or maybe four years, we'll all be like uh, in that you know one of those those films where everyone's moving stuff around and, and so on and so forth. And technology almost never works exactly as you expected. Like. Who would expect that we would have had little pocket keychains with cats on them, but not like a rocket car? You know, I mean, who yeah, knows? Exactly. you know, um, and what we choose to do with technology. You know, it's been said so many times, but like uh, I have access to 
all the human data on Earth. And, you know, I'm watching, you know, a video of someone's dog and they're interpreting what the dog is saying. Okay. You know, well, well done, Mike, you know, you've really, you've really pushed the boundaries, but, but, but as we raise our game, you know, there's a book, I don't know if you've ever read it called the better angels of our nature. No, I haven't. It points out just how relatively peaceful the world has become versus the way it used to be. And I would love nothing more than, you know, in, in either our or Peyton's lifetime since, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I'll, I don't, who knows how long I'll be around, right? But I mean, um, for that to be said of, of mental wellness and health, um, of, of inner peace, and I'm not trying to say that like sound like a hippie or something, but of actually being able to find peace with yourself, because um, life is tough. You know, I, had my, I made a lot of mistakes when I was young, just stupid stuff. Stupid, stupid, stupid stuff that probably was my own battles with, you know, things like mental health or, or just issues I had with the world or whatever. And you can't change the past, but right. the, the better the tools you have to learn and prepare, the more you can spare people from feeling that pain and that regret and so on. Um, and it really gives, uh, in the face of all the pessimism, an extraordinary optimism that maybe makes me seem very naive, um, you know, I, I've always believed very strongly um, cynicism is, is a very dark emotion. Skepticism, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I believe skepticism is a good thing. Cynicism um, is ultimately an excuse not to take action. Right. It's an excuse to think the worst in other people. Yeah. And it really is a, it's, it's a tremendous oar in the water dragging the boat. And so um, I, choose, I choose skepticism and optimism at the same time. And of course, you know, make mistakes all over the place, but, but hopefully try to, try to see what gets us there. And um, again, XR and AR and VR were for me until, until a few years ago, academic. Then I started this side company with, my, with one of my best friends. And uh, you know, it's, been, it's been a really interesting experience for us, you know, and hopefully it's something that we're gonna grow in. But um, I hope that my various passions come together and we get to work on some projects in the space eventually. And obviously then I'll have a lot more intelligent things to say. Or, or less dumb things to say about it. Uh, so. Well, you gave me a lot of hope today. I love this. I mean, you know, you were saying that we've all made a lot of mistakes. I, this is something that I'm really struggling with right now because of different situations in my life. And there is nothing that bothers me more. And this is something that I've really been talking to my three older children about lately is if people are angry at you for things you did in the past, you need to move away from those people because it is the old adage of we did the best we could with the tools available to us at the time. You don't know what all exterior circumstances were going on in someone's life, why they made the choices they did. I can mm -hmm. tell you probably 500 things in my past that I wish I had never done. And I don't mean like to the average person out there, horrible things, but just things that I wish I had never done, but I did them for either self-survival mentally or self-survival emotionally. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for people on the outside to come in and judge you and say, well, I, I think this is terrible. You did this, you did that. Bah, 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 bah. And this is why I have this one thing that I say all the time that my therapist, when I was diagnosed with GAD taught me, she said, 
you know, if people would spend as much time reflecting as they do deflecting, the world would be a lot less full of bullies and anger. Because if we look inside, you know, they may not have acted the way I acted in a situation, but let's be honest, they didn't live my life. You don't live my life. I don't live your life. I don't Mm -hmm. live my children's lives. You know, my children don't live my life. And one of the nicest things that my daughter said to me the other day, I was having a real heart to heart with her about some other people in my life. And she said, mom, you can never, ever put a price on mental health. And they will never step up to make sure that your mental health is completely good. You have to make sure your mental health is really good. So that price, if that price is moving people out of your life because they can't step up and understand that some of the decisions you made, you didn't want to make, your mental health is way better. You should not have to keep apologizing. You know, it's the old adage of, Stop looking in the rearview mirror because you can't go back there. Look forward. And well, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say this real quick. I was in a clubhouse room the other day, and this guy said something that was probably the most profound thing I've ever heard anybody say, and it was so simple. He said, whenever you approach a business situation or a personal situation, I don't ever want to hear the term ROI again. He said, I want you to start using the term ROT. It's return on time because he said, you can be the richest man in the world. You can be Elon Musk. You can be Bill Gates. You can never get your time back. You can always make money back. And he said, I think if we all started living in the time that we're in, so much more negative things would not happen. You know what I mean? Like, because who knows where we're going to be six hours from now, what can happen? Oh, whoever yeah. whoever saw a year ago, a little over a year ago, that we'd be living through this pandemic that we did. No, it's funny because so um, you know I I was very fortunate to become you know to get vaccinated. Um, I'm part of Group One B, um, not only from being overweight, but also I had a really, as you may remember, really bad pneumonia case uh, a few years ago. Yes, that took me out took took me down for for more than three months. Um, and so I'm not going to change almost any of my life. However, there's a bar I used to go to all the time. I'm going to go back and stop in, have a cheeseburger and a beer. And that's really, I'm not going to do much more in the dining. Um, but um, I don't know where I was telling that story. My gosh. Uh, where was I going to go with that? Maybe I just want a beer. No. Um, uh, what I was going to say is, is you can't go back. But so you said something earlier that just sort of clicked in my my brain. It's been funneling around. My brain works like you know, if you ever put one of those pennies in the thing at the mall, <laughs> that right? Um, about about Peyton turning eighteen and being a scary. We as a society have very specific benchmarks once you're an adult for success, and it's really marriage, kids, house, fiftieth birthday, anniversary. And if you're not participating in those, maybe you're single, maybe you just don't choose to. Um, Career and productivity is really one of your only remaining benchmarks. And I think that I'm I'm hopeful that the push towards mental health, wellness and care will allow us to realize that you can set your own benchmarks for what constitutes success um, uh, and, and sort of say, I don't need to I don't need to prove myself by by meeting all those marks. Right. Nor do I have to feel like I've turned 18, now I'm 21, now I'm lost in the desert because my next important birthday is really 30, then 50, then 
there's empty decades between them, right? So um, I'm hopeful that that we, I, I think there's a lot that we as Americans have to contemplate about about our current situation, about our society, about what we consider wellness and good behavior and health and so on and so forth. And um, I think that uh, technology may give us tools to help really explore that. You know, mind you, people that are in technology tend to be more more um, entrepreneurial and optimistic by nature, especially if they're in you know, cutting edge technology or, or completely dismal and you know, if you're in security, you think the world is essentially, you know, eight billion criminals and yourself <laughs> stuck on a rock, right? So, but somewhere there's a happy medium. And um, I am very encouraged. I actually was talking the other day to uh, a friend of mine who um, she is, she's one of the most brilliant people I know. I knew her in high school. Um, I knew she was going to be successful. She's She's been all over the place in terms of extraordinary, wonderful career in physics and aerospace. Oh, wow. Um, really uh, extraordinary person. Uh, smart and funny and interesting, all that kind of stuff. She has a wonderful family. Um, and she was talking about just trying to get more attention to female leadership in STEM, you know, and then science, right. technology, and so on. And I think that there, you know, hopefully there'll be a time where that's, where that's just a given, right? Where people understand right. the extraordinary contributions that have already been made. Um, and likewise, I'm excited to see what happens in terms of the growth of um, autistic adults and autistic leadership in business and STEM and technology um, in the arts um, in a place where it's not seen as, as something that's coming from people with a disability, but it's just another area of people with uh, people taking their, their abilities and their pros and cons and so on and, and finding ways to express themselves to find the joy that comes from expressing yourself in art, to find the joy that comes from, you know, scientific discovery, from finding precision and accuracy and testing things. And, you know, as, as Feynman would have said, the pleasure of finding things out, you know? So uh, that's where I choose to place my optimism. Uh, not so much on my own endeavors, which are just, you know, one, one wreck after the next, but, but, you know, like a lamprey, if I cling to the, the, the positive sharks, <laughs> eventually I'll, you know, be pulled forward. So. No, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I really thank you for coming on here. This was mm -hmm. awesome. I want to definitely have you on again soon because it, I, I love this conversation. It honestly, I'm just, I'm not just saying this. Yeah. It really gives me a lot of hope. It does. And cool. I, I agree with you. And this was, you know, it, I wish everybody, and I mean this, I wish everybody had a friend like you Appreciate because that. you, you're there for me so many times and you know sometimes i just get so overwhelmed trying to help people and trying to figure out what to do and how to do it and i can come to you and you keep me you know on that guide and i appreciate that and i'm trying very hard to take that kind of mindset and bring it forward through my podcasts and my blogs and, you know, Peyton's little business and, you know, awesome as a mom in general, and just offer hope for people and offer some sort of guidance and say, Hey, look, I know the world can be a terribly scary place, but guess what? Let's start trying to open some of those doors down the path where there's light at the end of it. And yeah. 
You know, I mean, you look at, if you look, all those items Music, you know. Yeah, well, and use the right word, path. Listen, we're all we're all on a path, you know. I, the other day, I was watching one of these things on YouTube about how big the universe is. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, what what am I doing here? <laughs> um, but you're on a path, you know. You, you, there's a philosophical movement. I'll, 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 I know we're over time, so I'll, 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 I'll make this my last, you know, pseudo intellectual comment of the day. There's a there's a philosophical movement, you know, less wrong, trying to be less wrong every day. Um, and it's something that I've sort of adopted as I've tried to, you know, become a better person or a less horrible person. Um, and, you know, I think that, that it's worth trying. It's worth trying to be less wrong every day and getting up and doing one less dumb thing and, uh, and you know, learning a little bit and moving on. And I, I try to do that in my work and also my personal life. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come in here and babble about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. This was, this was fantastic. I looked down at the clock and I'm like, wait, what? It was that? Yeah. I didn't realize that. No, I appreciate you so much coming on. And, you know, that is a great thing to end on. Instead of putting it on ourselves where we go, okay, I got to do what's right. If we start going, I want to do what's, you know, do one less wrong thing. I think sometimes the perspective, and again, that's why I called that blog about you, his perspective. I love your perspective on things. And I love the way we're ending this on, let's just all try to do one less thing wrong tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And let's spread that act of kindness towards other people, especially those in the autism world. So thank you so much, Michael. And you will be on again soon. I promise you that. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.